Hello, friends. My guest today is Tamara Shepard. Tamara is a friend of mine. We've known each other for about four or five years. We've been colleagues at SATE. And Tamara, I, I, I would describe her as an educator, a facilitator, and an entrepreneur, as well as just a beautiful soul and a great friend. You can find her at dashacademy.ca. She also has a YouTube channel coming up, so stay tuned for that and keep an eye on her social media for announcements about her YouTube channel. All of that is in the show notes. Please enjoy our conversation. Okay, Tamara, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Maureen. Are you? Yeah, I really am. Well, tell me about that in the middle of a pandemic. You know, honestly... I am embracing this kind of pause moment. And, you know, you and I have talked about this before as an extrovert, as somebody that gets their energy from the energy of other people, <clears throat> I was, I'm, I'm honestly surprised at how well I'm doing with this. But I, I'm in a unique position in that as of yesterday, last night, our house has 10 adults and two dogs living in it so it's certainly not quiet and it's certainly not alone or lonely right um we've got we've got energy here and so i think that's what's helping us get through it and in addition to that i'm just been so impressed by the people that i'm surrounded with as well in this house and how they're making the best of this very bizarre situation uh, i'm inspired by them and I'm loving what I'm seeing. What are you seeing? I'm seeing resilience. I'm seeing the ability to take lemons and make lemonade. I'm seeing a mental shift to doing life differently. Mm -hmm. uh, let me explain some of those things. So first of all, who lives here? This is my family, my husband, myself, and our now three sons who are all adults. Uh, 18, 22, and 24, and two of their girlfriends. So that's seven of us upstairs. <laughs> and a few years ago, we rented out our a lower level to uh, a retired couple. And so they are living in the lower level suite of our house and they have an adult son that's also living with them at this time too because our kids were all laid off they don't have anywhere else to go um, their son was also laid off he works up uh, up north as a welder and there's the camps are shut down so he's home as well so we've got a lot of people here so that's 10 of us all together um, we have a dog large hairy beast and our son and his girlfriend have a large hairy beast as well so that's a lot of energy in this place okay so that's who lives here now what do i see in terms of resilience um i'm going to just explain to you who is everybody our oldest son's name is jacob and he is still working at an auto body supply store so that's considered essential mm -hmm. His girlfriend, Jamie, was laid off because she worked in the restaurant industry. It was one of the first things to get shut down during the pandemic. And she did not just sit around and mope and wait to collect her EI. Uh, she still has bills to pay. She still has car insurance that has to be paid. She still has car payments. Mm -hmm. um, she's in student loan debt up to her eyeballs because she's a recent graduate. Um, so what did she do? She started an Etsy store yeah. and a Facebook marketplace store. And she is one of the many now people making fabric masks. Yes. And I've ordered some and I can't wait to get them. I'm really glad that you're supporting her. Thank you for doing that. Oh, it's um, my pleasure. I'm, I so admire that. I do too. I really do. I am just in awe of these young people and their ability to just you know, bob and weave and shift and make it work. 
Um, because it's not only just sitting down at a sewing machine and making masks, mm -hmm. it's marketing yourself. It's starting these Etsy stores and eBay stores. Yeah. It's getting all the systems in place to send these all over the world. And I'm not kidding you. She's sending them all over the world. She wow. sent them to France. Yesterday, she had a box full of them to go all over the United States because um, with Etsy, you know, the world is your market. That's cool, eh? It's really cool. Yeah, I'm really impressed. Um, and our son Jacob has done the same thing. He started an eBay store. He already had one, but now it's really ramping up. People are shopping online. They're stuck at home. What are they doing? Yeah. They're looking at the computers and, and they're looking at their projects that have been sitting idle for a long time. And they're wondering, oh, maybe I'll pick that up again. Yeah. So he's selling car parts and um, he's doing fantastic with that as well. Again, they can do that during a pandemic yeah. from home. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, they've got you and Dean as examples of entrepreneurial spirit as well. Don't sell yourself short. It's not just no. the younger generation. You, get, you, you, your whole family is great That's it. at this, right? Like, yeah. yeah. See, yeah, so get up, do something, take your expertise, share it. What, you know, how can I? And you just do it. Yeah. I've learned a lot about myself though, too, during this, as, I, as we all have. Yeah. Um, and that a lot of that entrepreneurial spirit causes a lot of stress mm. uh, because I feel like I'm never doing enough. And yeah. this, oddly enough, feels like free time, like a gift, but <laughs> given yes. time. Who gets time, right? Yeah. I'm not doing enough with it and I'm going to run out of it and it's going to be over and I'm not going to have everything done that I wanted to do. So there's this self-imposed stress that I'm uh, creating and I'm realizing that's all, that's all me. That's yeah, I get that it. I'm going to have to realize you don't, that's not external. That's totally internal. You know, I'm feeling the same way and it's hilarious mm. because I'm setting my own deadlines right. and, and I'm feeling huge pressure from them. <laughs> huge pressure. Yeah. I'm like, oh, so stressed because I haven't got this edit done and sent off. And I'm like, uh, Maureen, relax. It's a, it's an artificial deadline. Nobody else is waiting on this. But at the same time, I don't know, it keeps me going. Like I, 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 I don't, I, I couldn't just sit. Yes. And in, at the same time, it really is a gift. It really it is, is a gift it really to be is. able to do some of these things that we wouldn't normally have the opportunity to, to, to do. Um, and you're right. Like uh, Dean and I are, are, not working at all. Uh, we're corporate trainers. That's how you and I know each other. Yeah. And um, our company, Dash Academy, has now a grand total of zero clients mm -hmm. because one of the first things to go is face-to-face -face interaction. Mm -hmm. um, and we love being in the classroom. Um, so we've transitioned a tiny smidge of our work to online mm -hmm. um, facilitation, but that's not where our passion is and that's not where our gifting is. So, mm -hmm. so now we've had to make a, a real shift. So now what do we do with that? Mm -hmm. um, but we're teachers at heart. Yes. We are teachers at heart. And I know I, we've known that for a long time. So Dash Academy is making a shift to uh, a YouTube channel. Oh, very good. Yeah. Yeah, so, and it's going to be a training YouTube channel, but it's on training on the things that we love to do, fun stuff, projects that we're taking on, things that um, that we didn't have time to do before. So we'll yeah. see how it goes. And you guys both have formal education in adult education and training and facilitation. We do, yes. Yeah, like fancy, fancy credentials. Stop it. <laughs> fancy people. You went, you were at to school in Boston, hey? Yeah. So many, many years ago, uh, Dean and I packed up our life here in Calgary and we borrowed a truck and rented a U-Haul trailer and drove across the, across the United States and landed in Boston. Well, Cambridge, Massachusetts, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dean was accepted at um, MIT. And I think he's the very first, if not only, SAIT graduate to be accepted as a transfer student at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. So he took his credit from SAIT and they <laughs> accepted that 
as transferable to at MIT and he finished his undergraduate degree and then went on to complete two graduate degrees at MIT after that. So that was really a really cool experience. And then uh, I applied for a university in the same area. I was right downtown Boston and went to grad school there and uh, and did a one year. I just fast tracked it because somebody had to pay the bills while Dean was in university as well. A one year full on master's degree in business and adult education. Yeah. And that's been my path ever since. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. And you both uh, facilitate now um, and that's where we met. Yeah co-facilitate like not co-facilitating but both as facilitators of of um, business and leadership programs um at sate which is awesome mm-hmm. yeah i do get i hope that we do get to co-facilitate i hope so there. too yeah. i think we'd have so much fun yeah i mean well, we've worked together a little bit you know doing some curriculum development and and certainly you've done some uh editing for me um which i really appreciate because you are a writer I wouldn't go that far. (laughs) (laughs) I'm poking at you a little bit. (laughs) You, you do have something going on though, like writing wise, do you not? Yeah. Well, I teach the business communication courses and the business writing for results courses. I love to write. I, um, I haven't written a book yet. You have a book in you. I do have a book in me, but it hasn't come out yet. I have lots of ideas and I have, um, some, I guess short stories on our okay. website. Yes. Um, based on lessons learned through travel. Yes. And adventure. Yes. So that I found just really fun in the midst of it. So I'll write when when it's fun when it when it's right. Yes, I remember reading your blog. So you guys mm. did like a world tour yeah. with your kids, and you blogged as you went. And your writing was beautiful. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. I have to say when you're writing, like just flows out of you and it's easy, then it's meant to be. Yeah. But when it becomes laborious and hard and you're really struggling with it, then I had to step back and, and make, take a rest from it. And that's why the book hasn't come out yet because mm. it was, I found it too much of a struggle. It was too much in my head. So we'll see when it starts to just flow out, then there could be something else but yeah jumping back to the to the to the writing and the blog um that was totally inspired by that uh running away from home for a year yeah so three years ago now i think we packed up our life and rented out our house sold our cars kijijied all our crap pulled our kid out of school he was in the ninth grade at the time and we bought a round the world ticket and we packed three backpacks and set off for a year. You guys are adventurers. I think the model was set for us by our parents though too. Um, I remember when I was about 12, my mom and dad did the exact same thing Hmm. with our family. Uh, So I knew it could be done. Mm -hmm. And I knew that that year of life when we had that enormous change is the most memorable of my childhood. And mm-hmm. I wanted to gift our children with that same, uh, those same memories. And I think we did. And what was the best thing about that trip? What was the best thing about the trip? Mm-hmm. Um, the best thing about the trip, I think, was everything we owned was in a, for me, a 26-pound backpack. Mm-hmm. And... I didn't have any desire to add weight to that pack. So as a matter of fact, I think I took too much. And it was just the realization of how little you need to, uh, to get by, to enjoy life, to, um, to just be unencumbered and free yes. and go. And that you can do it. That was, I think, one of the, the, the gifts from it too is that people say, oh, I could never do something like that. Or you're so adventurous and you're so wild and that's just so out of my comfort zone. You can, anybody can. Like yeah. it's, it takes planning. Yeah. Um, it takes sacrifice. Yeah. 
Um, but it's doable. Anything is doable if you Anything set your mind to it. Mm-hmm. And you don't need much to get by. So mm-hmm. how have you taken, like, so, so, so that was sort of the best thing about the trip is learning that. Mm-hmm. And so how have you carried that forward for the last like two or three years? What have you done with that? Well, when we came home, we decided that, um, as I mentioned, we live in a large house. We wanted to just share. We wanted to share mm-hmm. resources. We wanted to pare down a little bit. We didn't want to get sucked back into that vortex of stuff and materialism. And Calgary really does have that mentality. And the more you travel, the more you realize that that's definitely a culture that exists here. And it doesn't exist every, a lot of other places. Um, so that's why we gave up half our house. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't need that space. But, um, but we thought, I, I love the concept of shared economies and mm. sharing things, sharing space. So that's why we have 10 people living in our house right yeah. now. Yeah. We share it. Yeah. Oh, you know, we drive, we have one car that we share. Um, I don't know. Just, it's not simpler. It's certainly not a simple life, but it's definitely um, different than it looked before we left. Mm-hmm. Definitely different. Yeah. And so here we are then in pandemic where things are pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah. Right. My life. And that's what I think about with this pandemic. I like how simple everything is now Mm -hmm. and I'm thriving and I live alone. Yeah. And um, I'm curious, what is one thing that you want people to remember during this time? You know, I keep hearing people say, I want to go back to the, to the normal. I can't wait till things go back to normal. I hope we never go back to normal. I don't think normal was working. And I think that we've had this unique opportunity to push pause mm-hmm. and really reflect on uh, recreating what life can look like after this. There's so many cool stories that are coming out of this. People are sitting around with their kids. They're enjoying one another. I've heard some people say, oh, this is what it was like to be a parent. I had nannies and I had caretakers and they were at school all day. And, you know, I'd see them for a couple of hours a day, but I wasn't actually parenting them. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're really cool people. I like them. I don't want them to leave now. You know, I don't want them to go back to, I don't want to go back to the way things were. And I agree with that. Um, Yeah, it's hard. (laughs) It's stressful. You're, you know, you don't get a break, but... I don't think we should go back to the, to the way things were. Um, I, I think we need to rest more. Yeah. Not be so busy. Um, I had this epiphany the other day as thinking about stress and rest and how you can't have rest, you know, stress without rest. <laughs> and vice versa. Yeah. You know, the words intertwine. Ah. Yeah. That's interesting. You're yeah. such a wordsmith. You're a wordsmith. See? I love words. I there love you are. Words. Um, and, and I thought, you know, I need to, we just need to, um, I don't know if embrace is the right word. I don't like that word right now, but it's, um, give ourselves permission to rest, which I didn't do before. So what will you take forward? Have you, I'm, I'm sure you've thought about, so as we come out of this and our freedoms are restored, what will you do differently? What will you keep? Hmm. Well, I'm going to steal something from our middle son, Mason. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote uh, very beautifully just um, a passage. I think it was on Facebook or something like that. A post, let's call it, um, about one of the lessons that he had learned. And he said, you know, isolation, self-isolation was hard and it felt unproductive. And he just, without thinking, grabbed his camera and went out and started to take photographs. And from six feet away, a woman interacted with him and said, it's interesting that you grabbed a camera and you went out to try and seek beauty. That's maybe where your passion lies. So paying attention to the things that you're doing to, I don't know, fill your time and spend more time doing those things. Like, what is it that you're passionate about? 
I mean, I've got some things that are weighing down on my shoulder, like curriculum development. You and I've talked about that before. Yes. <laughs> yes. That I'm just dreading. And I feel like I, if I could just get it done, then I would have that weight lifted off my shoulder. But I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I want to take, I want to um, focus on the, the fun stuff that I'm finding to do now. So I'm renovating our, um, we have like a camper, a trailer, mm-hmm. and demolished it, ripped it apart. I'm videoing the whole thing and I'm going to do a YouTube channel on the, the managing that particular project and the design elements. And so, you know, that's what I'm passionate about. I can't wait to get out there and do that. Yeah, you know, and coming up with cool ideas for episodes for a YouTube channel, really cool. Like I would rather do anything than some of the stuff that I was that I consider work now. So that's what's really waking me up a little bit. Do the stuff that you love and figure out um, what feeds you, what fuels you. Which, when I look at your Dash Academy website, is all that's all in there. Hmm. Meaning. But the pursuit of meaning, right? The pursuit of joy and meaning is, is what happens between the two dashes, right? That Absolutely. you describe. And so here you are with the opportunity to re-examine that for yourself and where you may have lost that and where you're now finding it. And I'm going to use all my psychic abilities here and predict the future. And I'm going to say, I Ooh. think that there might be some writing in here for you. I, I wonder if maybe you know, when you talk about writing from a place of joy and when it sparks and when it flows and, and I think that you are unearthing some themes because you're a theme writer, Mm. right? I see you pull threads of theme through your, through your writer writing. And I I would be willing to bet there's going to be some, maybe some pandemic blogging. I do hope that, that, that there is something there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I do think hope that there's something there. You know, it's interesting when you talk about Dash, uh, our Dash Academy website, I went and looked at it too. And, um, and our tagline is training that matters. Don't waste another minute of time doing things that don't matter. Yes. Right. And so all of my blog posts were something that matters, right? Marriage matters. Fitness matters. Uh, pack what matters. Yeah. Um, trying to think some of the other ones, but you know, you can go on and look at them, but everything was matters. And that was stolen directly from the line of the uh, line of the poem out of the dash, which is one of the three reasons we named our company dash was based on that poem by Linda Ellis called the dash. Yes. And there's a line in that poem that says, what matters is how you live and love and how you spend your dash. Yes. Matters. So that's where training that matters came from. So Dash, another reason that we named the company Dash Academy was out of writing. Dash is a punctuation mark. Yeah. And it helps your readers to uh, find their way through your writing when you use great punctuation. And what does a dash indicate? A dash indicates an abrupt shift in thought. And I think that's what training that matters should do too, is change the way you think. I'm going to give you some extra information that's going to change the way you think. That's what matters to me. So that's dash. So here we are in a dash, right? We're in a dash. We're in like the dash of the pandemic and an abrupt change in the way that you think. An abrupt change. Absolutely. What's the biggest abrupt change in the way that you're thinking about the world right now? Hmm. I think people are really realizing how important other people are to them. Speak from first person on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Speak from first person. I am really realizing how important my connections are, how important people are to me. Yes. Um, And I am really enjoying interactions like this yeah this wouldn't have happened no this would not have happened i wouldn't be facetiming with my mom every day right. if this had not happened i wouldn't have zoom parties with my girlfriends on friday nights um and there's just something so special about this 
there's no other distractions. It's just us in conversation. Yeah. Face to face. I know it's through zoom, but it's actually works. Like it feels face to face for me. Me too. And there's something too about looking at one another's faces as well. I get excited when I'm on a webinar and all the faces start to pop up on the screen or when I'm in a zoom party and, uh, and I haven't seen, you know, face to face these people now for we're going on what four weeks mm-hmm. and it's just so it, there's something so different about not just hearing their voices but looking in their eyes and seeing their faces you know it's really interesting when when you talk about that you know thinking about who well who and what connections are so so valuable to you and oh. what do you not normally make time for in in you know or that title that you are now, right? That's the gift of this, right? If you're reevaluating, you know, what, what I need versus what I was doing, what gives me joy and energy versus what I was actually spending my time doing before. And Mm. I'm reconnecting with friends that I went to high school with. There's a whole group of us, you know, that have known each other since we were 13 that I, that they all live in Ontario you know, and Steve and I moved out here to Alberta, and now uh, we're we're doing weekly zooms. I love that. It's so nice. Yeah, and I would say the same thing. Like, there's a whole group of friends from junior high that are on WhatsApp together. Our entire book club has a has a text chat going, and we're constantly um, updating that throughout the day. I didn't do that before, and then uh, like for a family too, we have a. Facebook messenger group that everybody is connecting on throughout the day. Cause we're all of, we're spread out uh, all over the place and we didn't do that either. No. And I can, I think there's a couple things going on. One is um, I know that it's easy to schedule because everyone's home. Mm-hmm. So the opportunity, like the availability of people, you know, is, is it's, it's predictable right now. I know like it's easy to schedule. It would have been a nightmare to schedule something like this three months ago. It's easy now because we're all home. Um, And the other is when you ration things, right? Like human contact, (laughs) you know, people get, you get really clear really quickly on which ones you want. What's precious. Yeah. So that's been, Mm -hmm. you know, there, there is no ability to just go out and drive or like, I think about the amount of time I I wasted before commuting places to have coffee when we could have done this. Now there is something to be said for going outside, but I mean, I'm more intentional about going outside. Even I make sure that I spend time outside in the sun every day. I don't know that I did that before. Probably just got some sun as I went to my car, but. Yeah. I mean, gratitude for those little things like going outside. Yeah. Um, I, I get excited when I have to run an errand. I know. I do get a little anxious though, to be honest with you. I feel like the rules have changed so much in terms of being out in public that I'm not sure if I'm keeping up with the rules. So there is a little anxiety. And, you know, I went to, um, we're going to do our Easter dinner tonight. So I went to Superstore uh, yesterday just to stock up on, on a few things for it to make Easter dinner. And there was some anxiety that I, I, I realized as I was going through that I hadn't felt before. Mm-hmm. I wear my mask. I would say a good, probably 20 to 30% of people now are wearing masks mm-hmm. in public. Yes. Um, a lot of people are wearing gloves, whether, you know, whether that's their comfort zone. I can't, you can't judge what other people are doing to make themselves feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. But then there's, there's arrows in the aisles and uh, you know, I'm, I'm feeling like, oh man, I, I just want to duck in and grab that thing, but I can't I have to go all the way around and, and follow the lines and, and I don't want to make other people feel uncomfortable. So I'm dodging and weaving and bobbing and, and, I, and there's just this palpable um, anxiety that's in the, in the air with there is, and I wonder the, the longer, yeah, the new rules and they are changing all the time. Right. And so I think about when I've moved to a new city or a new place, there is that sort of underlying anxiety that you're describing happens all the time because you don't know where you're going, how to get there, 
nothing's routine, right? So you can't relax. And so I think I'm hoping that that's all that this is, right? It's, it's just a, an anxiety that comes with being on your toes a little bit mm-hmm. about what's okay right now and what's not okay. And is this six feet away or am I five and a half feet? And, it, and so what I, and so what, what happens for me when I go out is that I, I, I feel that anxiety from myself and from other people. And it, and it makes me a little bit sad because I'm like, mm. you know, we're all so nervous of each other, but I think a lot of what's going on is, yeah, we're nervous of each other, but I think a lot of what's also going on is that we're just sort of on edge a little bit, trying to learn the new rules, right? Where can I go? Could I go down this aisle? Oh no, I got to turn around and go back down to the other aisle. And, you know, like there's, there's that sort of just newness that we're trying to learn too. I think that's absolutely right. I haven't been, I haven't um, found anybody, uh, you know, rude or inconsiderate. I think that's what it is. It's this heightened level of courtesy and consideration for others is what I'm noticing. And I feel it. Yeah. Um, I don't want to make anyone else feel uncomfortable. So I'm really trying to follow no. these new rules. And um, when I say anxiety, I, I don't, it's not over the top or anything. No, like no, that. no. It's I just get an awareness like you're, that I never had before. Yeah. That you means- just, you're, you're spending some energy on stuff that used yeah. to used to be, you know, without thought, mm-hmm. like, how do but I go to the grocery again, store? Um, I'm so excited that I get to, you know, we're cooking more and we're spending more time sitting around the dinner table and we're playing games and yeah. we're helping one another with these business ideas and, and, and venture new ventures that we're on. Um, we're puzzling. <laughs> and that's really fun. We're picking up old projects and hobbies that have been put aside for a long time. Um, I see people, these, uh, some of the other really great things that I see, and I'm, I, I've rearranged the office in my furniture three times now. Yeah. The furniture in my office three times now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's good, but I switched it so that I could look out, uh, look out my office window, and I'm watching families yeah. with adult children go for walks every day. Nice. Um, that I've never seen before. I've yeah. barely seen my neighbors out until this happened. And now yeah. intentionally, like you said, they're getting out and they're spending time with their families yeah. on walks. They didn't do that before. Yeah. <laughs> it's gorgeous. It's fabulous. That's what I mean. I, don't, I hope that doesn't change. I hope we learn to appreciate little things like that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what falls away, mm-hmm. you know, when we get the busyness back, right? And the, and the, and the going out and doing things. And, you know, I was, I was thinking how, gosh, I I just feel so lucky, honestly, to like, here I sit in all my hardship during the pandemic on my down sofa with every entertainment uh, possible accessible to me. You know what I've been thinking about doing Mm. is um, using this time as almost a retreat because it is a a somewhat of a retreat, but I find myself being busy, like making myself busy, like we described, right? The Mm -hmm. artificial deadlines, not just that, but also with media. So I've always got a podcast going or the news on or an audio book or the TV or, you know, I've always got something running to keep my mind occupied. And I've started, you know, since I did one of my podcasts, um, I think it was number four, was with Matt uh, Lancedale. And, and Matt talked a lot about stillness and, and acceptance. And, I, and I've been thinking about his words and, th- and thinking about, oh, I wonder if I, I shut everything down for a day or two at a time even, once a week. And just spent time with my own heart and my own thoughts. What would, what would emerge there? And I'm almost nervous. I get that. Flash excited. Like, that's what I'm contemplating doing anyway. Thinking about this time, I'm like, this would be the perfect time to do it. It would. But, I mean, any time would be the perfect time to do it. But Well, less logistics to it now. Yeah. You know? I'm here. I mean, even just the courage to not have media on. Yeah. That is weird that we, can, that we use that type of language around it, that that takes courage. Right. 
Well, because, and, 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 and I think because I'm on this kick, I'm fascinated with this show right now called Alone. Have you heard of this? Yes. Have you watched it? Yes. Have you watched all of the seasons? No, I've watched individual episodes. Fascinating. Because it really is, it's a survival show, for those yeah. of you who don't know. They take 10 people and they drop them off out in the wilderness all alone and they have to film themselves uh, surviving for, you know, an indeterminate uh, amount of time. Last person wins. Mm -hmm. And um, the things that take them out typically has nothing to do with survival. Usually, like I would say maybe 50-50. A lot of what takes a lot of people out is their own minds, right? Having to get still and, and be just by themselves. So I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm finding it gripping. I'm like this, watching it. Mm -hmm. <gasps> How would I do? Yeah, a lot of their, because they do, they do little video um, logs as they're, as they're out there. And a lot of their musings are about missing people, missing family, missing one another. And I do think that as humans, you know, that we're social, we're creatures of community. I agree with you, but they're not gone that long. So what I think Some of them are like 50 or 60 days, aren't they? They are. But I think what they're really missing is the distraction from themselves. Mm. Ooh. I get that. And the way that they rationalize it is to say that, you know, I love my wife. I, I feel her calling me. I need to go home now. Well, her, your wife's fine. I would be willing to bet. Um, you know, what you miss is someone to pull you outside of yourself um, because being alone is very, very hard because we don't learn how to do that. Mm -hmm. So this is what's got me fascinated in, in thinking about um, trying during the pandemic. That doesn't appeal to me at all. No. Have you ever <laughs> thought about doing, well, as an extrovert, it wouldn't, but I mean, and, yeah. and so what about, have you ever thought, like when you, when someone says to you, I went on a silent retreat, what do you think? I do have friends that have gone on like 10 day silent retreats and, and three week silent retreats. Um, not for me. That's what I, I think. think. As you, I think that I mean, sounds like, that sounds like hell to me too. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, my sister-in-law went on a silent retreat here in Calgary. And um, I thought she was, I mean, she, she really does do a lot of um, inner work and, and she's very evolved. Um, and I thought, you know, this is, this is even out there for her though, like really weird. And when she first got there, this is her, her lesson when she said she first got there, she hated it. She said, what the hell have I gotten myself into? Get me out of here. And she, she was, you know, cheating and texting and, and trying to, you know, like, what the fuck? Like, help get me out of here. And then as the days went on, she got into it. And uh, she said when she left, she didn't want to speak. She, when she came out of it, she, it's not like it was all pent up and she was like, oh, and she wanted to speak to everybody. She didn't want to speak at all. She didn't want to talk about it. So it, it definitely took a while, but she got there and it was really interesting. And I think people that have done it want to go back and do it again. So at first, yeah, really, really hard. Like anything, it's a discipline, you know, and it takes um, practice to get used to that, mm -hmm. but then, then it'll come. Mm. I still don't have any desire to do that at mm. this juncture, but never say never. You know, that's my motto. Never say never. You never know what's going to happen. You never know. Yeah. So you've got this YouTube channel going. Yeah, well, we're going to get it going anyway. Uh, What's it called? I've been doing filming. Okay, so we're playing with names because it's really important, I think, to get the name right for searchability, but also to find sort of your niche market. And I don't want to just... Uh, yeah keep rebranding all of the time. So I think it's important to get it right. Dash Academy, of course, we already have our Instagram, our Facebook, our website. 
So Dash Academy is going to be in there somewhere. Um, so it could be Dash Academy projects, could be Dash Academy presents, could be um, Dash stories. Not sure. I like Dash Academy presents. Dash Academy presents. Uh, and I think it's going to be different how-to videos, different, um, different training hmm. on just cool projects that we're doing. You know, like we're renovating this trailer, but we're not only just renovating the trailer. We're renovating the trailer because we want to have a small fleet of campers now. <laughs> this is weird, I know. No, this is great. Let's hear it. Because we have an Airbnb. We love sharing again, that vacation property with other travelers and adventures. And we thought, let's rent out camper vans and motorhomes and, and bumper pull trailers as another extension of that. Cool. So I want to make them special though. So it's not just your regular camping experience. There's yeah. something special. There's a little bit of a surprise on the inside when Ooh. you rent one of our campers. Um, and I do think that there's going to be a market for that because oh, yeah. maybe we're all stuck in our houses, but we're not going to be flying. We have no money. Um, we're going to be, I think, it, shifting back to like what we did when we were kids. What did you do for a holiday? Went on a car ride or went camping with your family. It's true. <laughs> right? Uh, my mom and dad never took us to Thailand. Um, yeah. But you <laughs> went and traveled. Break. You traveled for a year, though, it sounds like. Yeah. But yeah, I get what you're saying. We got stuck in the back of a Buick and driven, yeah. driven for 12 hours a day and camped right. on a beach at night. Right. That's what so we So I did. think our, our, we're going to be shifting back. I, I'm anticipating that we're going to be shifting back to that type of paradigm where for a little while anyway, we're going to travel close to home, but we're, we're still going to want to get out. So we'll have a couple of, of trailers that we're going to rent on. There's a couple of really cool websites now, similar to Airbnb, but for um, recreational vehicles. And the one that I'm interested in is a Canadian company called RV Easy. And so RV Easy will have our listings and we'll have our YouTube channel, Dash, uh, Dash Academy Presents. And that will promote the campers and, and the RVs that we're renovating and HGCGing. Oh, such a cool idea. Because I mean, I, I've thought for years, I would love to rent a camper mm -hmm. and drive across Canada and never, never have done it partly because I don't like what I've seen available camper wise commercially. Um, and haven't looked beyond that, but I mean, if I, if, if something like what you're describing was available, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. We want to make them unique, um, super comfortable, easy to deal with so that people that don't are not campers per se, or haven't grown up doing that, uh, could easily transition into that. Mm -hmm. uh, just give it a test drive. You know, mm -hmm. Don't invest in a big um, recreational vehicle, just borrow one Yeah, and give it a shot. Give it a try. I think it's going to be fun. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, no harm, no foul. Have you heard about the company in town? There's a an RV company in Calgary that, or no, maybe it isn't in Calgary. I think it is though, that loaned is, has loaned some of their campers to healthcare workers yes. who don't want to go home, who can't go home because of high risk um, families. Yeah. There, that's actually an interesting, there's been an interesting twist too. So this website that I was talking about RV easy, um, when you go on it right now, the listings will say um, emergency shelter ready. So wow. you can actually put your campers or your vans or your motorhomes up for as emergency shelters too. So what a cool yeah. idea. It's a really cool idea. And Airbnb has done the same thing. So as I mentioned, when we came back from our trip, mm -hmm. we, uh, we wanted to share resources. So we have an Airbnb and Airbnb has done the same thing. So they can be used as emergency shelters as well. Mm. And they've really, yeah, transitioned to meet the needs of, of, of the, of people during the pandemic. Mm, that's very, very cool. It's really cool. Yeah. So is there anything in particular that you want to promote uh, through this podcast that you're guesting on right now? Let me see. <laughs> what do I, well, I definitely want to promote Dash Academy um, training that matters and that whole concept of don't waste a minute more of your time doing things that don't matter to you. Mm -hmm. um, finding purpose and meaning in life and uh, taking this opportunity to pause, reflect, 
and don't go back to normal. Uh, do things better, be mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. Um, everything that we do, I, we try and improve. So yeah, we're changers, but we also are always looking for ways to improve things. So um, whether it's been through construction or renovation or uh, teaching and training, it's um, changing the way you think and trying to find ways to, to be better and do better. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing that, that Dash Academy and, and I promote for sure. Your microphone's rubbing on something. Sorry to change okay. the subject. Oh, you know what? I think it was me doing this. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's been scratchy. Yes. So, okay. So when you do get your um, YouTube channel up and running mm. uh, and you know the name of it, please be sure and let me know. And okay. I'll, I can, I, I think probably add it to the show notes um any words of wisdom that you want to sign off on for the world at this time any words of wisdom that i want to sign off oh guru bye low sell high no no as i mentioned earlier just um you know, approach this with eyes wide open, look for the, look for the good, look for the possibilities, look for the opportunities. Don't um, dwell on the challenges, but make lemons out of lemonade. Yeah. Make lemonade out of, make lemonade out of lemons. Yeah. Yeah. Can you edit that part out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I probably won't. I probably won't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's so much beauty. I think in what we're seeing, it's a tragic time. It's scary. There's um, a lot of people that have stories that are, that are rocking their worlds and they're, they're going to be forever um, changed. And there's a lot of grief and I don't want to minimalize that. And on at the same time, you know, that's where change comes from. Yeah. That's where change comes from is out of those indescribable moments of hardship and grief and sadness and fear that's when we learn to do things differently it's so easy so opportunity yeah it's so true i mean this is when we learn especially i mean i'm not suffering a lot of adversity at this point and and you know it's all relative right there are people like you say who are experienced in, in you know a feeling of hopelessness mm-hmm. they're, they're whole world as they know it is crashing down and or they're losing people that they love. And that yeah. is, I, 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 I'm not there. And so it's easy for me to say, hey, guys, be, you know, to make the most of it. However, I have been through hardship in my life and, you know, catastrophes and what I thought was the end of the world and imposed um, heartache and as of you and everyone else on the planet, mm-hmm. and, and what I know to be true, based on my own experience and everyone I've seen around me, is that there is always, um, a, we always come out of it. Um, there's always a gift in it somewhere, um, even amidst the grief and the loss and, and the fear there's always something on the other side that is um, a, a new normal and, and, and maybe even better mm-hmm. in some aspects. You know, it's when we learn what we're made of, we learn that we, we can bounce back, that we are resilient. You know, you talked about resiliency earlier, which is, you know, its ability to get back up again. And, you know, I talked about this with Catherine too last week, you know, a bit about, you know, use the resources that you've got lean on the people around under you, learn how to ask for help, you know, reach out um, because we are all here together and we can do it. Yeah. So there's so much, so much good that can come of all of this too. Yeah. And it's so interesting how this is worldwide. Oh yeah. And it's been interesting too, like the different cultures and how they respond Mm -hmm. as Canadians I think we've responded pretty well, but we weren't as, as concise and quick to react because we're so focused on personal freedom and rights, right? And we'd hate to, we'd hate to infringe on all that, you know, and we are now. Whereas in other countries where they don't have, you know, personal rights and freedoms, uh, they were just sort of, you know, welded inside and said, good luck with all that. You're on your own. Don't come out, you know. So 
the, the response, the ways that, that different cultures even have responded has been fascinating. Hasn't it though? I found the same thing. I think it's very fascinating. And, and to add to that though, I have to say as a Canadian, I like what I've been seeing in terms of Canadians responding. Mm-hmm. Me too. I like what I've been seeing in terms of Canadian responding. Yes, our culture is different from other cultures. Yes, we do um, have leadership that doesn't want to step on anyone's toes and doesn't want to infringe on anyone's rights. And I get that. But I think the citizenship of Canada is responding well. I do too. And I think the leadership yeah. is too. I think yeah. honestly, but, but that's because my values are in line with Canadian values, right? Mm-hmm. So, so it all really feels good for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fascinating though. It is fascinating to watch different cultures in the world. It is, yeah. And different and generations. Been, yeah, and I'm really curious. You and I have, you know, been teaching generations in the workplace and, and how I talk about being better, being better together and appreciating one another's differences yeah. in generations. What an amazing world event to affect the next generation. Can't wait to see. Me too. Like this is going to shift big time the way this generation Absolutely. Uh, it, yeah. Grows and develops and evolves. It's fascinating. Yeah. And you're living in a multi-generational home and experiencing that now and, and really loving the, the benefits of that, which is fantastic too. So you'll get to, you, I'd be interested to hear how you use that in yeah. your, in your uh, education training. Well, I mean, I've already learned so much from the multi-generations in our, in our household, but uh, even with this YouTube channel, yeah, you know, getting feedback on yeah. how to film and, and what works and what doesn't and different yeah. ideas and, and editing and music and intro and extra. I mean, I'm learning a ton from, from them. We all need one another. Yeah. This is really cool. Good for you. I can't wait to see what you do with that. Thank you. I'm learning to video edit too. It's, it's slow, but steady. Well, here's the other thing. Uh, I have a nephew that's obviously out. He was supposed to be graduating from high school this year, obviously out of school. So I've roped him into helping us with the editing. And he, he actually makes his own beats too. So he, he mixes music and makes his own beats. So he's going to throw some of those in and, yeah. and, and he's working on some graphics for us. So keeping in the family, but also mixing it up in terms of skill sets and generations and ideas and We'll see what comes of it. I'm very cool. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. And uh, you and I will connect again very soon. It's absolutely my pleasure. I really, I always love talking to you. You and I never run out of things to say. Um, and I always leave better for it. So thanks again for, for inviting me to do this. It was a really cool experience. Well, thank you. Um, we'll talk soon. All right. Take care of yourself. I got to try and look at my screen here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye for Bye. now. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Maureen Towns, the founder of Maureen Towns Consulting. We support families who are experiencing disruptive mental health and addictions issues, and we help them go from chaos to calm. My work is based on my 25 years plus as a nurse working in both public and private healthcare, my education and facilitation in leadership development, as well as my experience in supporting my own family through mental health and addictions issues. You can read all about that experience, the good, the bad, and the ugly in the upcoming book, Broken Open. You can find me at MaureenTowns.com. Please don't hesitate to reach out. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to it and share widely. I really, really appreciate that. Friends, take care of yourselves. X-O.